we know it's possible because we've talked about it on this podcast before that you can actually work from home and homeschool. You just have to have a few tricks up your sleeve. Hi everyone, I'm Pam Barnhill and I have helped thousands of homeschoolers create doable systems, beat burnout, and bring more joy to their homeschool day. Welcome to episode 36 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. So once again, we are revisiting this idea of working from home and homeschooling. And once again, we are joined by Practical by Default's Jen McKinnon, and she's going to be helping us out with this. Now, the last time we talked about this topic on on the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast, we really just focused on the idea of working from home. What we wanted to do today was hone in with some super practical advice for what you can do when you work and homeschool and you work for someone else. Like, it's not you who's running the business, you're actually employed by someone else, you're in the home all day, you're not outside the home, you're in the home all day, you work for someone else, and you have to be doing certain things at certain times. How can you make this work? And so we have five great tips for you I think you're really going to enjoy. So we're going to get on with that in just a second. Before we do, I just want to invite you to come on over to freehomeschoolplanner.com One of the things you're absolutely going to need, whether you work or don't work while you homeschool, is a flexible homeschool plan, something that'll help you, dare we say, put your homeschool year on autopilot. So come on over and download our free homeschool planning pages, and we're going to help you get started with exactly that. Freehomeschoolplanner.com. And now on with the interview. Hey there, I am joined today by my good friend, Jen McKinnon from Practical by Default. She also has the Working Homeschool Mom Club, which is her free group on Facebook, and then the Working Homeschool Mom Coffee Club, which is her paid membership that supports working homeschooling moms. And she's joining me here today as a second time guest on the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. And Jen, I do believe you are our very first second time guest. Um, But we're going to be talking more about homeschool moms who are working from home. But what we're really focusing on today that we didn't focus on in the last time you were here is those moms who don't have the luxury of setting their own schedule. Those moms who are working from home and they're working for somebody else. And so they're having to keep specific hours. So Jen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am so glad you are here. And then, you know, the last time we chatted together, we talked just about working from home while you were homeschooling in general. And, you know, I do that. I work from home and homeschool, but I have an awful lot of control and flexibility over my schedule. I can choose when I work and when I don't work. But there are a lot of moms out there, especially since the pandemic, who are doing this working from mom homeschooling thing, and they don't have that luxury. So I wanted to just get really practical for the next 10 minutes and talk about like five systems you absolutely need to have in place in order to survive if you are one of those moms who doesn't have control over the schedule and you you you've got to work and you want to homeschool. So what's the first one? The first thing you need to do is have a planner. Okay. And the reason is, is you need a place to track your working hours when you're going to be working. And, you know, when I worked from home for another company, there were times where I needed to be live or I needed focused work, or I need to talk to a client. And there were times when I didn't. And so you need to understand when you need to do those things because you're going to do different things for different situations. 
Okay. So having a planner now, cause I mean, does it need to be a fancy planner? Whatever works for you. <laughs> okay. So whatever well, works for you. Yeah. So, you know, you have a planner, I have a planner, everybody has a planner, but you need a planner that you are comfortable with. And if you're working from home now might not be the best time to switch planners or switch planning systems. So whatever you use and you can glance at it and see exactly the information you need. If you already have that planner, use it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times in my life that something as simple as just a notebook or an index card has been a very, very effective planner. And so I think, you know, like don't run out and start a new system like you were saying, but like, let's make a list of the must do's and the times that I have to be working on the index card. And the great thing about using an index card as your planner is you can only put so much on there. So it's really realistic as to what your day can look like. So, okay. So a planner is number one. What's number two? Okay. So the second thing is you need to communicate. And you need to communicate to your friends, your family, and your children when you will be working. Okay. And I've been doing this for over six years. And I can guarantee you that every Monday, I tell my husband, who is at work, by the way, and I'm home. I I text him and I say, do not call me or text me or interrupt me during these hours. Because during those hours, I host a mastermind where I'm live and I cannot be interrupted. Been doing this for like six years. Every Monday, it's the same message. So I tell you that not to discourage you, but to let you know you may need to repeat the information a lot. You need to tell your family, don't call me, don't text me. I'm not available. Let your children know, repeat it, write it on a big calendar, stick it on the fridge, but don't rely on them to look at it. They need to hear you. I'm busy. I can't be interrupted. So you need to communicate your work schedule and set those boundaries. I love that. And like, don't get frustrated about it. I mean, think about like, think about how many times you're in your own like little world, you're in your own agenda, you've got your own things on your mind and and you forget. So I think the big thing is like, they're going to forget. So just don't be frustrated about, you know, that process. And uh, sometimes like, instead of the calendar on the fridge, like the big sign on the door, that's like, mom's working. You can't come in right now unless somebody's bleeding or dying. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Love that. Okay. So planner number one, communicate number two. Number three is? Well, you led right into it and it's set expectations. So when you're busy, you can't be interrupted. Let your kids know what to expect. You know, what do you want them to be doing? So the great one I love is when can you be interrupted? Um, one of my jobs outside the home was to dictate, right? So the person would be talking and I'd be typing. Well, my kids, when I started working at home, would run into the room and start talking to me in the middle of typing a letter. So I'd be in writing a letter and all of a sudden it would start talking about Minecraft because that's what they were saying. And so I automatically switched and I'm like typing. I'm like, wait, this has nothing to do with the other thing. So I had to teach my kids when you come in the room and you see me and I'm busy. And this is when, you know, I didn't have a video camera. They would come in and put their hand on my shoulder. Don't talk. Just put your hand on my shoulder. Let me finish the sentence to get the thought out of my head, get it down. And then I would stop and turn and say, okay, right. What's going on. So communicate. If it's a video, if you're like on with a client, teach them to stop. And if they really need to interrupt and you need to set those boundaries again, you know, set the expectations. When can I interrupt you? Sit down, have a family meeting. As Pam was saying, you know, if you're bleeding, if your house is on fire, obviously you want to be interrupted. But should they run in screaming into the room or do you want them to like step off to the side where the camera can't see them and wave, which was our role. 
set that expectation. Otherwise they're not going to know what to do. And that's just not fair. Yeah, that's such a great point is that, you know, a lot it's so many times our kids want to do what's right. They want to please us. They want to do what we ask them to do. But we forget in our heads that we've got to kind of lay it out and then remind them about it. And and so I love that setting the expectations so they know exactly what they can do, what they can't do, what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. Um, So family meetings and probably often, especially as you're getting into to doing this. So yeah. Okay. So that was number three. What about number four? So again, this builds on to our last point is what can your kids do? You know, I always say kids don't like guessing games as in, they don't like to guess what they're supposed to do. So for our family, we had food that they could eat. Otherwise they need 322 snacks and they will come and find you. (laughs) no matter where you are in the house, if they're hungry. So, you know, have a snack box. Okay. You can eat these, you can drink these, you know, fill up water bottles. If you have smaller kids and put them where they're non-spill and where they're reachable. Um, If you have homeschool work, you want them to work on, give them their own little to-do list and let them know, okay, these are the lessons I want you to do, or these are the books I want you to read, or these are the games you can play that are safe. I would avoid loud things. So don't give them a drum set. (laughs) I would also, my mother, um, I would also avoid, you know, messy things. So I would save sand, you know, kinetic sand, Lego, glitter. Um, Legos usually wasn't too bad, but like glitter, Play-Doh, those type of things, save them for when you're with them. Paint. Paint. Yes. Or (laughs) set up a table with like a tablecloth and set some, you know, you know, your own kids. Would they sit at the table and paint? Some would. My oldest that would be no problem. My youngest would be more than happy and has painted on the wall. Yeah. So she was not allowed to paint when I was not with her. (laughs) Yeah. You know, your own children. So set those expectations again and let them know, you know, what am I supposed to do? And another sub point is if they're doing homeschool work and they get stuck, let them know what they're supposed to do. You know, should they keep working? Should they keep trying? Should they set it aside? Um, my youngest struggled with math and she would sit and she would try and try and try and she would end up in tears and frustration. So we had to put in a time limit, work for 30 minutes. If you were still stuck, set it aside. So, you know, really work through those things. Try to anticipate what is going to come up and I'm going to get, you're not going to get them all. So it's a learning experience. You try, you learn something new, you put it in a new expectation. Yeah, I love. Okay, so thank you for bringing up the get stuck because I was going to talk about that if you didn't. Um, But, you know, like if you can't finish this assignment, what is it you're supposed to do? What is acceptable for you to do? What's not acceptable for you to do? And like having some strategies in place for that, because I have a few kids who would just like never get anything done and it would be a major point of frustration. So I love that you address that. And then, you know, if they have to do their own breakfast, I can remember a, a point in time in my kid's life where I taught them to use the Keurig to make the instant oatmeal, or we got the milk um, out and put it into a smaller container that they could then pour because, you know, five-year-old could fix cereal, but it would usually end up being really messy. Um, and so just kind of like looking at some of the barriers that come up for your children during the day of, of doing some of these little self-care things and setting it up in such a way that they're going to be successful. So what snacks can I have? Uh, you know, how long do I have to work at this before I just wait for help later? Love it. Love it. Okay. So that was number four. So what about number five? What's our fifth tip? So the fifth thing I want to talk about is interruptions and it's not just from your children. 
So one of the, I would say the largest obstacle about working at home is that people know you're home. And so they call you and I mean, they mean well, right? Oh, you're home. Can you do this? I cannot tell you how many times I've been asked to babysit, to pick up groceries, to run errands for people. And not that I wouldn't love to do that, but you're working, right? you know, and the reason you're one of the reasons anyways, you're working is because it's a job and it's paying for food, clothing, shelter, right? So you can't just get up and leave. And I find that mindset is a little bit tricky for some of my personal family. You may find the same thing is when you don't get up and walk out the door, they will call you, they will text you, they will email you. Yeah. And so you need to either figure out kind of a way you're going to deal with that. Um, Setting up those boundaries, letting them know when you're working. Uh, One thing I do is if I'm not using my phone, I'll put it in the other room. And that way when it rings or they text message, I can honestly say I didn't hear it. (laughs) Right. Cause it's in the other room. And, you know, I set a time in my day, usually on my break, um, you know, after I connect with the kids and, and things is to answer those messages and be like, Oh, sorry, I was working, but I'm more than happy to help you. You know, I set aside Sunday, um, for me, I don't work on weekends. So sun Saturday, we clean, we get errands, all those fun things, grocery shop, meal plan Sunday. I'm like, you know, I would love to babysit on Sunday. I would love to go for a walk. would love to go for a coffee break. Um, but you know, you kind of have to find a way that you're comfortable with saying no and get comfortable with it. And it's not easy. I'm not going to say, you know, especially as someone who likes to say yes, saying no can be difficult. So come up with a few variations of saying no, and then just get really comfortable saying it. Otherwise you'll never get any work done. (laughs) Yeah. You'll never get any work done and you'll never get any kind of peace for yourself, you know, because it's not easy. It's not easy to juggle homeschooling with working with all of the things that you have to do in your house. And then you start adding the outside the house on it as well. And so, yeah, so these strategies are really going to kind of save your sanity for sure. So Jen, where can people go to get more support for working at home and homeschooling? So I talk about this a lot on my website at practicalbydefault.com. I talk about working outside the home and working inside the home because I've done both. Um, And, you know, there are different strategies that you need when you're working at home versus when you're working outside the home. And I will say that really neither one is easier than the other. They're just different. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have, you have a download, right? I do. I have a checklist. It's an ultimate checklist to working in homeschooling. And inside that checklist is a lot of the questions that I get and you just click for the answer. All right. And you can find that at practicalbydefault.com. Jen, thanks so much for joining us here today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. And there you have it. I want to thank Jen McKinnon for coming on and sharing such fabulous ideas with me today. And we would love to know what you think about them. You can tell us that by leaving a comment on the show notes for this particular episode of the podcast. You can either comment down below on YouTube, or if you're listening to this one in your podcast app, you can find the show notes at pambarnhill.com slash TMBH36. 
And hey, we want to thank you so much for watching the podcast on YouTube or listening to the podcast in your podcast app. It really means a lot to us that you think we are worthy of your time. So we really, really appreciate it. And we hope that you're finding the podcast helpful. Now, I will be back again next week. We're going to talk about one of those things that really kind of worries people when they get started homeschooling. I know it totally worried me, and that is, can I actually teach my child to read. So don't miss that one. And until then, keep on homeschooling.